Hi, Nick here from Pods with Nick and James. Just a quick one before we get into this podcast. I want to say a massive thank you for the uh, support that we've received since starting these podcasts. We thoroughly enjoy it and we look forward to creating more. If you want to have your say on any topics that we've discussed or suggest future topics, then you can do so at www.reddit.com slash r slash Nick and James Pods. And if you want to support us, you can do so for uh, from as little as £1 a month. And you can do that at www.patreon.com slash James. Anyway, back to the podcast. Hello and welcome back to Pods with Nick and James. My name's Nick and this is James. Hi there. Um, today we're going to be discussing intelligence agencies. So what are your thoughts on intelligence agencies just from a blank canvas? Um, from what you've heard through history or through your own lifetime? Um, do you agree with the, the need for them, or do you not really have an opinion? Well, well, before the agency came the individual, and I mean, there's always been spies, um, even as far back as ancient history, and there's always been traitors, uh, I guess, to the point where... I, well, you know what, the fact that I'm even using word, words like that are incredibly judgmental, but I respect... We all think... Or a popularizing character of spies is that they're cool and in control, but what they're officially are are professional liars. So it's it's kind of the moral quandary versus the kind of aesthetic and I don't even know what the right word is here. Like the right, like the right, uh, the the glamification the glorification as well yes that that's it that's exactly the right word um i apologize listeners even if i did make uh, it up <laughs> no 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 that's what i was going for that's exactly what i was going for yeah yeah um so yeah so th- my understanding is there's always been spies um as the years have gone on like individual nobles individual monarchs have had spies in other people's courts um the idea of them being agencies and them all being uh, organized together is is terrifying. Uh, the fact that uh, things like CIA agents have been used to destabilize countries, um, or at least, you know, I remember stories. Hopefully we'll go into some of those stories. I don't know. Um, it, it's just, it's concerning. It, it's also really worrying that if we don't do this, what is the result other than the eventual result of like peace, trust, and love? Like what what shit does the world need to go through? I think um, if I, we start disarming spies, I think the need comes out of the existence. Um so it's the same with what like my belief behind armies you need an army to protect yourself from the next army um it's the same with spies you need an intelligence agency to protect you from the next intelligence agency um i mean the intelligence agencies themselves would defend themselves and say the easiest form of defense is to know when things are going to happen and for that you need intelligence agencies and spies um, but if there wasn't um, if every nation wasn't cloak and dagger and de- full of deceit and deception then the need for that would would well it wouldn't be there would it no No, that's it. But uh, then again, are are spies like 
in my mind, spies are better than massive armies, at least in that they are. Um, well, okay, in that spies steal secrets and can, in some cases, ruin uh, people's lives and can kill individuals. But it, I guess the one of the few redeeming features about it is it's still small scale. Yeah. You know? Like, it's not sending in a spy to infiltrate a certain government isn't the same as gassing a civilian population centre or setting uh, nuclear weapons off again. Nope, we're not going to... No, 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 you know what, fuck it, I'll say it. Or setting off nuclear weapons above two Japanese cities. Yeah. Like, you know, it's 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 not great. It's not what I want. Definitely. It's definitely not how I believe politics should be uh, conducted. Yet, it is what it is. And I, I, I think it's rather better to steal information um, than than to directly kill yeah i think there needs to be a better directive um with some of it though because stealing the information for the sake of stealing information is one thing um the target should always be to um, save lives in my opinion if yeah, you're agreed. going to use power use it properly use it for the right reasons not for personal gain not to get ahead of the competition, but to save lives. Um, anyway, do you know the... I'm going to ask a really obvious question here. Do you know the English um, intelligence agency, what that's called? Right, so I know we've got MI... You've got the military police, and I, I know that you've got military intelligence. That's what the MI stands for. And I know it goes up in certain numbers. Uh, I know MI5... Isn't MI5 the the highest either agreed upon or the highest um public for lack of a way of said it acknowledged and publicized um agency within the the uk government or does it go to, does the uk government admit the existence of mi6 well the, it does it does admit the existence of mi6 but its operations aren't publicly disclosed um, so I think maybe that's where it where it goes. Um, but you're right, MI6 is um, the name of our intelligence agency. Um, well, it's the 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 top intelligence agency in the UK. Um, do you know what they started as? I'm really tempted to come out with sarcastic answers here, and I apologise. This kind of just shows how <laughs> tired I am. There was an agency um, that they were before they were the MI6. Yeah. Um, were they saboteurs? Like, that would be the one that makes sense. Uh, unfortunately, the first one that came to mind in my head... No, the direct were they precedent... Bakers? The direct precedent to um, MI6 was the Secret Service. Her Majesty's Secret Service. Um, and, or at least His Majesty's, I suppose His Majesty's Secret Service. Um, and they were formed in, or just coming up to, the First World War um, as a means to gain intelligence on the growing German threat. Uh, it became the MI, it became MI6 in 1912. And over the next 40 years, has steadily evolved into the intelligence agency that you don't see today. There's a pun there for you. <laughs> that was, that was, yeah, that was well done. Um, do you know, you said about um, it being glorified and glamorous. Do you know where it got that reputation from? Well, I imagine, like books uh, yeah. I imagine the books the I hate to say it the books of was it Arthur Doyle or what the I hate to say it was it originally glamified in the James Bond or was it glamified or was Absolutely. it like glamorized way Ian, before then Ian Fleming's specifically 
um, references MI6 in all of the James Bond films, even to the point where like, he was so obsessed with the spy life of MI6 that um, there's so many different references throughout the book, such as M herself is uh, in direct reference to C, who is the head of um, the MI6. C was originally Captain Sir Mansfield Smith Cumming, and he would always sign his uh, documents in green ink with the letter C. And now all future heads since him, all the future heads of MI6 have signed all of their documentation with a green C. Um, and that's one of the biggest references um, that, re that, that Ian Fleming makes in the James Bond films is obviously M is C, um, which I thought was really, really cool. But you're like, you're right. The the whole spy life, it when you look into it more, it's very seedy and 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 backstabbing. But Ian Fleming made it a whole new ball game, world saving and 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 martinis and bars and, and tuxedo events and stuff like that. Um, but it, it wasn't it really isn't all like that. Um, one of MI6's greatest successes. Um, can you? I say I say what? I'll, I'll give you a hint. It was in the Second World War. One of their greatest successes came in the Second World War, um, and it is massively publicised. A lot of people do know about it. I wonder if you do. Um. Okay. So, is it a? Is it based off of? Well, no, it's not based off it. Was there a film about it? Absolutely, there was. With. Uh... With, oh my god! With the actor with, with Benedict, the best... with, yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch. With the actor with the best name in the world, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I love that in Doctor Strange, there's two Benedicts. Yeah, like both Benedict Wong and Benedict Cumberbatch play, but two of the main characters. Um, all right, well, yeah, so I guess that would be the cracking of the Enigma Code. Yeah, the Imitation Game uh, was the film starring yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, can you tell me who he played? No, unfortunately, I don't know this individual, but I do know that, well, he had a very hard life, and he, uh... yeah, there was uh, still a lot of homophobia. Well, no, there was not, there was still, there was a lot of homophobia back then, and he ended up suffering as a result of it. Absolutely, despite um... the fact that he created one of the first computers, um, mm. like automatic uh, calculator. Um, ever seen by man <clears throat> in mm. our generations anyway um, his name's Alan Turing and he had a team of cryptologists put together by MI6 and they cracked the M the, uh, the Enigma code um, one of the most disappointing things as is rightly outlined in the imitation game is the fact that even when they solved the Enigma code or when they cracked the Enigma code they had to be very careful about how they used that information. Their knee-jerk response was to stop the first attack they intercepted, and that would have immediately given away to the Germans that their code was cracked. If you're going to use the intelligence, you have to use the intelligence intelligently. Mm. Which, was dis which was unfortunate, because then they had to listen to the fact that numerous people were going to die, and they knew about it, and were choosing to do nothing about it. Yeah, that's got to be... Yeah. And then also, like, every single letter of I'm really sorry that your... Uh, yeah, your child, your husband, your whatever died uh, in this attack. Uh, the fault lies with the other side. Honestly, we could have done nothing about it. Hmm. Yeah, that become makes that complete lie. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, and I suppose the guilt is something that is, um, well, I can imagine it. It definitely stayed with the uh, the individuals that were the uh, the cryptologists that were on that team. Um, yeah, so the MI6 did have occasions of great success. There was another one. Um, this one was a bit more. 
spy kind of uh, double agent um, but they did stop world annihilation so well worth an honorable mention um, they managed to place spies in the KGB which was no mean feat and in 1983 um, NATO was doing a um, war game exercise which imitated the escalation to DEFCON 1 they had everything they had the navy they had the president present on the airship on the um the um aircraft carrier and the idea was that it was going to be a reaction to any to the impending threat of like a nuclear attack from russia um and like as i said the plan was that they were going to have high-ranking officials from both from all the the nato countries and including the president of america present in this war game um and if it wasn't for Oleg Gordievsky, who was a, a double agent for, K, the, the, uh, for the KGB, um, it would have resulted in the Russians nuking um, the UN um, or NATO and all the, the, the countries associated with. Because they saw the war game not as a war game, but as a threat. Um, and they thought it was a double bluff. They thought, oh yeah, they're saying it's a war game, but it's really an attack. So they stepped up theirs. But the problem was, even though the Russian intelligence was telling us, oh no, they're, 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 they mean business. They're going to nuke you. Um, the like MI6 and, and the CIA were like, no, 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 they'd never do that. They wouldn't do that. They wouldn't. They wouldn't risk total world annihilation. And it was right at the last minute that, as I said, Oleg Gordievsky managed to get um, the right message through. And the NATO officials de decided to step down the level of um, war game exercise they were doing, pull all the high-ranking officials and the, the president from any involvement with it. Um, and that was enough to um, step down the Russian assault the pending assault um, which is terrifying really well that, it, I had no idea things had, had gotten that close but that is yeah, it was during the height of the cold war wasn't it so um, mm. there was a, I suppose in many ways there was many occasions when um, like the CIA and the MI6 felt massively under threat from the Russians um, during the cold war especially with the threat of nuclear warfare around every corner i'm really surprised that no nukes were dropped at any point during the cold war um and i think that's one of the most terrifying things about the current situation over in ukraine um i know it's been going on for a number of years now but um things seem to be stepping up at the moment don't they recent um mentions of um, potential conscription by the uk um, populace if um, the if NATO decide to go against Russia or um, start armed forces against Russia which is terrifying mm. but yeah so another occasion where the intelligence agencies have done their bit I suppose and have been necessary but I would you say they were necessary once again if like absolutely in that occasion um if the intelligence agencies weren't involved bad things would have happened however if armed forces weren't involved in the first place and the threat of weaponry and whatnot else wasn't involved in the first place is there really any need for them would it have got that bad? I don't think so, because it would have just been handbags at dawn and an argument with the Russians, and it would have been settled in a room over a glass of brandy instead. Mm. All right. You know what? We're going to need to do an episode on the Ukraine war at some point, but that's going to take a lot of a lot of research 
Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Just to make sure we got our facts there. Okay, well, I'm really glad to hear that um, intelligent agencies have stopped the breakout of war, and that is... I completely agree with you in that's the correct use of uh, information gathering and the correct use of, uh, well, basically lying simply to make sure you've got your hands on the truth rather than telling the truth and then being fed lies, misinformation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, I will admit, that is something. Yeah. Um, that's that's brilliant. Okay, so that's two times that uh, uh, MI6 has done something right. Can you name any times where either the CIA or the KGB have uh, have uh, saved lives in the same manner? So finding information on the KGB is more difficult. And you would have thought, especially with their successes, they'd be a bit more outspoken, <laughs> but they're not. Mm. It's only when they cock up and there's investigations with other agencies around the world that there seems to be any information on them, um, which I think is entirely intentional on their part. Um, obviously, you can't stop information from getting out, but you want as little of it to go out as possible. Um, meaning that it's likely to be only when I mean I suppose in their in their opinions the two um, KGB um, stories that I've got were successes um, but from the rest of the world uh, they certainly weren't um, for example um, I don't know if you remember this it was in 1998 were you alive then yes you were alive then yeah, um, I, I hate I hate to admit it. I was ten years old. Uh, I was turning uh, eleven. I I think they had just released Return of the Jedi, uh, or the CGI adaptation of the Star Wars film Return of the Jedi in nineteen ninety eight. No, I didn't um, know it, but you are actually a year older than me. Um, anyway, Alexander yeah. Litvinenko. Do you remember him? Oh, is that the guy who uh, was fed the, uh, fed, right, basically they got, hmm, some spies got into a cafe and were able to get him served some, um, I know it was radioactive substance, I don't know. It's polonium-210. Polonium they, they laced his teacup with polonium T10, uh, polonium 210. Mm. And managed to get him served tea, um, which gave him lethal polonium 210 induced acute radiation syndrome, the first ever count of. Um, and this was in reaction to um, himself and a number of other Russian intelligence officers that had been ordered to kill Boris Borisevsky. Boris got Borisovs, oh, Russian names, you know, um, who was a Russian businessman. Um, they decided they weren't going to do it, um, and they spoke out about it. Um, he fled to the UK, where he then criticised uh, Putin and the Russian government, and he worked for us and for the Spanish intelligence. Um, giving information on the KGB and the Russian Mafia. Um, and then, as I said, in, in um, no, on the 1st of November, Litvinenko was poisoned in the cafe, and by the 23rd of November he was dead. And there's mm. been no admission, but um, there have been convictions, so... Uh, Russia was charged with its involvement by the European Court of Human Rights in 2021. It took until 2021. Um, for And there was actually two people that were prosecuted. Hmm. Okay, so, so that attack... As far as the KGB was concerned, okay. they, it was a success. It's... Yeah. It was only the 
second known um, assassination attempt in the UK by the K KGB. Do you know the first one? Hmm. The first one was a Bulgar uh, Bulgarian dissident writer in 1970, um, Georgi Markov. He came to the UK, came to London, um, where he was... And this is the most James Bond-esque assassination that you'll ever hear of. He was stabbed with an, in, with a, an umbrella tip on Waterloo Bridge. Inside the umbrella tip was um, a substance that caused his um, internal organs to start failing. He then stumbled into a hospital and said that I've been poisoned, I've been poisoned. All of the health officials at the hospital were like, there's no chance, no, absolutely not, um, until he died. And then the head of the, like the, the chief of medical decided that he would investigate and found a pinprick on the back, on the back of his leg, corroborating his assumptions. Um, and Bulgaria was... Um, despite the fact that they they assumed that the um, the attack was Bulgarian special for, um, intelligence, um, it was closely allied with the Soviet Union during the Cold War um, and just before the Cold War. And um, many assume heavy KGB involvement with that. Um, and that was the first known occurrence of assassination in someone else's country mm. and it happened on English soil UK soil the KGB what can I say very good at making bad things go away making informa bad information go away mm. I mean the KGB wow. were heavily involved in the cover-ups um, both just after the Chernobyl explosion and in the f many years following the KGB, the, the Chernobyl explosion. Um, in fact, a lot of the information that was um, finally found out about the, the Chernobyl disaster was found out by the passing of information from officials within Russia um, or within the Soviet Union and intelligence agencies around the world outside of. Um, absolutely unbelievable the amount that they tried to cover up. Did you know that the Chernobyl power plant, um, the amount of radiation that was poured into the surrounding area was 400 times that of um, Hiroshima. That's terrifying because I know the cancer rates in uh, Hiroshima are still higher uh, than the national average in Japan. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was right. a, there was that a chance. 400, 400. 400 Just times and it, 400 it's times. not even as bad as it could have been because um there was uh, as the as the reactor core was melting down it began moving towards a water reservoir underneath the reactor 4 um, because essentially it was a meltdown of reactor 4 that um caused the, the nuclear waste the other three reactors although damaged were fine um and were continued to be used until uh, like i think 10, 15 years after the fact. Um, however, the there was a, a molten core that was moving towards the water reservoir. Now, if it had have hit the water reservoir, it would have caused a steam explosion that would have damaged mm. the other four reactors. And that would have been... A chain I, I reaction. Mean, I mean, it would have caused a chain reaction that humanity would not have survived. It would have been... A miracle if humanity had have come back from that. Mm. Like the fallout would have reached, I think. I think they say they think it would have covered two thirds of the uh, the planet. And remember that radiation has a half life of something like five hundred years. 
that's uh terrifying yeah yep and uh, the KGB have worked very very hard to uh, cover up the shenanigans that took place they knew that the, the reactors were faulty for years beforehand and it just built up and built up it was just cost cutting that caused um, the that caused the reactor meltdown that's terrifying to think I, I had heard that they the uh, officials knew that they were faulty and that it was a kind of like a ticking time bomb but like I've seen well I know that even in the last episode you discussed um kind of negligent or willful negligence that you would experienced in the care industry so it doesn't surprise me that kind of the the thing that is always advertised as the big bad uh in the form of the russian government would would do something like that but that's possibly my own uh prejudice there which i'll need to look into yeah oh, sorry sorry right. um okay so that so they've they've done kgb have covered stuff up but they've also covered up if they do have times when they've had humanitarian successes then they've also covered that up it would seem which... so yeah because i can't find any mm. information on it um it strikes me that they uh they work less towards especially when it involves other countries they work less towards um being the good guy and more towards um being the bad guy shall we say mm. um yeah i think you can't talk intelligence agencies without having a discussion about the cia really can you well this is the big one this is the one that we were leading towards what i also find interesting is that you've got the cia and then you've got the fbi mm. now i've got an assumption but i was just wondering if you could correct this if this is wrong is the FBI mostly for internal affairs and the CIA looking at external affairs or do their jurisdictions overlap and if their jurisdictions overlap which one has precedence or which one takes precedence or is it a case-by-case -case thing where they literally have to battle it out so as I understand it as I understand it the FBI are kind of like the president's policemen um, if you think about it like that, they um, they have superseding powers over state police. Um, yes, they're involved in some big things around the world, but they mainly keep it USA based. Um, and it's normally matters of um, homeland security that they kind of investigate. Um, they can be involved in the investigations within the state, within the Senate, within the part, within Parliament in America. Um, and within and they can investigate agencies within the um, within the different areas of government um, however the intel the central intelligence agency is exactly that it's its only agency and it is centered around the gathering of in of intelligence good or bad they are the american spies okay what are some of the what do they well what is known or advertised as the cia's greatest successes and i'll tell you what like we i heard um you gave a history of the so it was like her majesty's secret service was mi6 mm -hmm. what was the kgb's roots sorry to move it back because i want to hear the roots of the cia but i've just realized Either you've told me and I've forgotten because I'm incredibly tired, or um, did we did we cover or did you cover the what were the roots of the KGB? Like, was there was there so, a clear defined history, or is that the, also not that we know of? We know they don't exist now. Um, 
they started um, from what I understand they started around um, the fall of Beria in June 1953 mm. however um, I don't I don't know there's so little um, information that we have surrounding like when they actually started I know well we they we we assume that they don't exist now I think they went with the fall of the Soviet Union um, because they were I think the Soviet Union's um, intelligence agency okay so hmm all right, no, that's interesting. That's interesting. Okay, well, since since we've got that covered, what was the foundation of the CIA? Like, what? When did it originally come about? Um, it started around 1947, just after the Second World War. Um, and surprisingly late. Yep. And it started with um, creating a special plane that would go on to do many historical feats um, called the U-2 spy plane. Um, so it worked very closely in the development of the U-2 spy plane. Mm -hmm. um, the U-2 spy plane was most famously used in the spotting of the Soviet bunkers within Cuba um, that begun the Cuban um, missile uh, crisis in 1962 um, however in more modern days um, they did they they were the agency that set up the attack in Pakistan which killed Osama bin Laden um, they in 1983 um, they also begun. Well, I think I think more than anything, there the, there was um, uh, a couple of points that I want to go into, um, which is more story time with Nick. Um, however, um, they have throughout the years they've in, they've developed um, an, a couple of um, aircraft, spy aircraft that have been beyond the the point of. Um, like nothing that we've seen before as far as intelligence goes. Like the U-2 spy plane was um, incredible for its time. I mean, just after the Second World War, the U-2 spy plane was a hyperjet, which would not be picked up by radar. Um, and it was an incredible uh, craft that was used for the next like 30 to 40 years until um, the, what do they call it? It looked like the Blackbird. Um, the A-12, okay. that was it, okay. um, right, right, right. was, was uh, replaced by the A-12 um, in 90, I think 1990, was when the, the A-12 took over, um, so mm. it was used for a long time, and the A-12 is an incredible feat of engineering itself. Hmm. Okay, no, that's a fair point. What can the A12 do? Uh, it, it, it's a lot faster than the U2, and it is able to fly a lot higher and for a lot longer. Um, the technology involved in uh, the craft itself is probably where it, um, where it excels, though. The sensors and the cameras and the ability to transmit data back was massively magnified in the in the A12. Um, and I do believe there are unmanned versions of it as well. Yeah. Right. Cool. Which is terrifying. Well, yeah. All right. Well, what are some of the major operations that the CIA has been involved with, and what would you can? What would you? Okay. I guess we'll start with the bad and move on to the good. What were? What are some of the least humane ones that they've been involved with? <sighs> I mean, okay, so I don't know if you know about this, but there's a project called 
um, MK Ultra. Do you, have you ever heard of MK Ultra? I have not heard of that particular project, no. Okay, so this is a project that ran between 1953 and 1973, so it ran for about 20 years. Um, and I've got to give you a bit of backstory um, before I can tell you about um, MK Ultra in its entirety. So during World War II, um, Nazi scientists experimented on Jewish prisoner of war um, to trying to develop a uh, truth serum. They wanted to take the will of the person away mm. with a drug um, in the hopes that they would be able to extract intelligence from them. Um, between 1945 and 1959, um, 1,600 German scientists were taken into the employment of the American government in a project they called Project Paperclip. Um, forming things such as NASA, as well as joining high-ranking agencies, um, as well as the CIA. Um, now, MKUltra was a continuation of the works begun in Germany. Um, they began with hypnosis. They, they tried to um, remove the will of the human mind by hypnotizing people. Um, they hoped to induce anxieties and um, regurgitate information in detail that was only picked up by the subconscious. Mm -hmm. So, like, replay events from their lives, normally with high-ranking officials from other countries, um, in the hopes that they could uh, piece together um, almost entire meetings instead of just getting dribs and drabs through paperwork. Um they moved on to um, using drugs in order to break the will of the human mind. They were using LSD um, and later they would use things such as amphetamines, um, mescaline, psilocybin, scopolamine, alcohol, sodium pentothal. They had a technique um, which is possibly one of the most cruelest techniques that would ever be used on a human being, where they would um, inject a barbiturate or a sedative um, into one arm, and just as the subject was falling asleep, they would then inject amphetamines into the other arm and send their brain into um, a frenzy, a kind of... Um, hyper psycho state where the two drugs are working against each other um, the incredible thing about the about MK Ultra is that they tested um, on over 150 people all of which were American nationals oh shit Okay, well, to be fair, like, still 150 people, even that in and of itself, is bad. But for a government to do tests on, like, were they, was there any kind of thing that made sense here? Like, was there any, I'm trying to think of the right way of putting this. Rationale? Yeah, was there any rationale? Were these, like, people that... Were these drug murderers dealers that they or were... murderers? Yeah, rapists. something, nope. something, something nope. like that. Normally, they were kidnapped from orphanages, or they were they were children that wouldn't be missed, and or adults that wouldn't be missed, and they would be taken away and tested upon for years, um, and then they would be released to asylums or into into the general public with no. Um, sense of like they almost be like how that homeless guy you know that that everybody kind of ignores um despite having been treated the way that they were as a matter of fact the government are paying damages to numerous americans after being sued following the release of the um, documentation surrounding mk ultra 
So there is wow. actually official documentation that backs all this up. This isn't just conspiracy. I mean, there are, there are a number of conspiracies surrounding all of the agencies that I've discussed. But what I've tried to do is stick to what is documented as much as possible. Um, and this, the fact that there's documentation that backs up what I'm saying here is absolutely disgusting. Mm. Um but it's not the craziest thing the Americans have ever done, or the CIA has ever done. I would okay, say what's the, cra- the craziest thing, the the one of the craziest things that is documented, once again, like I said, um, it's important to remember that I try to stick to documented facts. Um, there was a project that ran called Project Gateway. Um, and the Project Gateway was working on something called the Gateway Process. Um, and this process was thought to enable, wait for it, it's thought to enable individuals to convert their brain energy into a concentrated beam of energy which could transcend space-time. The aim was to access knowledge of the, the, the communal knowledge of the universe um, and to talk to interdimensional beings and to travel through time. I mean, it sounds it 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 sounds like a terrible B movie. It does, doesn't it? Um, I like... rather than give you um, a Nick-sized <laughs> um, rundown of the gateway process anybody that's really interested check out um the youtube channel the y files they've got a whole video on the gateway process and he explains it so much better than i do um him and hecklefish explain it so much better than i do and definitely deserves a shout out for this one um so go and check him out um but yeah it's definitely one of those things that the cia have done that you kind of sit there and scratch your head and go but why would they do that it's an incredible thing if it turned out that it was true then amazing but yeah that, re- that really is something yeah I mean there's the scientists that actually begun the gateway process like the, the, the investigation into the gateway process um, started as a skeptic started heavily as a skeptic um, and towards the end begun to doubt his skepticism however he hadn't managed to his own volition hadn't managed to prove the gateway process was possible mm-hmm. which is another mind-blowing fact the fact that a complete skeptic went you know what fine i'll investigate it started doing all these experiments and kind of went uh uh I buy this now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe this is possible. I don't know. This is a bit crazy, man. Maybe he just started to see things that, um, not see things in kind of like a hallucinogenic way, but start to see things in his results that he can't explain um, that maybe left him with more questions than answers. Um, but, yeah, once again, CIA. Incredible. Um, yeah but as I said one of their main successes was that they managed to find locate and kill um, Osama Bin Laden following 9-11 so Hafav aye wow okay well that's I've, I've definitely learnt something so my question is what are your thoughts? Do you do you feel the need for intelligence agencies? Well, I'm really worried that if we don't have, then other people will do it. But could we not just have our agent agencies be, rather than meddling in the affairs of other countries, could we not just have agencies which are uh, kind of along the lines of anti-terrorist agencies, but just kind of 
I don't know, spies. I mean, a lot of what the MI6 does now is mm. anti-terrorist. Um, but is it within our own? Within our own? I was thinking within our own borders. Yeah, I think you its know? main. I think its main scope of operations is within the UK. Um, and from what mm. I understand, it doesn't. It doesn't um, employ the same high invasive techniques that um, the KGB or the CIA employ. However, yeah. it's still invasive wherever it sees necessity. Um, and ultimately, the thing to remember is that spying is illegal. And spying, whether it be spying on your own country or spying internationally, it's illegal. And therefore, the agents that are spies are technically criminals. Is that what? They're criminals, but as a result of being criminals from the get-go, they employ any method necessary. Mm. In for a penny, in for a pound, kind of thing, you know. Um, yeah. Like, I know James Bond has the license to kill. That's once again one of those fictional adaptations of Ian Fleming. Um, but the the um, general um, general meaning behind it is kind of, like I said, in for a penny, in for a pound. What I'm doing is already illegal. I will employ any method necessary to do my job. Yeah. You know, um, and that's even that in itself is terrifying, especially when you think about that being turned in on your own. Um, yes, anti-terrorist um, operations, but how do you mull out the non-terrorist? You can't get a hundred percent success rate, so you're going to be invading the privacy of innocent people along the way. Mm. Yeah, like there will be collateral damage. Exactly. Regardless. Yeah. Mm. No. Exactly. So you're going to do the wrong thing, no matter how much you try to do the right thing. Um. And I think that's kind of the the, the catch twenty two that the government find themselves in. Um. Like for the sake of the greater good, to coin a phrase, um, is it not? the right decision however for the sake of the greater good has been used as a means to um, motion give motion to many of the world's greatest offenses over the years yeah the great for for the greater good god wills it any of that yeah so Oy. you can't justify the means by the end Hmm. I had to take a second to think that through. I always get that mixed up. <laughs> yeah, the or just the ends. Sorry, the ends don't justify the means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That definitely works better to say it that way. But I always mess it up. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, I'm with you in the fact that, like, um, I think you want to feel secure, don't you? And what intelligence agencies have the have the potential to provide you with is the one step ahead feeling of being secure, being yeah. safe, because you know what's going to happen ahead of you. But you only need to know what's going to happen up, like ahead of you because the nations and the people around you are untrustworthy. Mm, which in itself is terrifying. Mm. But such is the world we live in. A lot of silence following that. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just. It's I a difficult to thing say. to follow. It's a difficult yeah. thing to follow. I think it. I think it provokes more thought than it does um, speech, than it does to to open discussion. 
you find that you find yourself kind of arguing with yourself like there's so many arguments for and so many arguments against it's difficult to pick a side isn't it well it is like i can see the need but you're right the need exists because of historical but also because of the continual use of spies that or because of the use of danger um, threat yeah yeah that's it the existence of threat causes the need for intelligence um, mm. against those threats. Um, surely the only real threat that we should be protecting ourselves from is that that is out of our control as human beings. And that is, of course, Mother Nature itself and and the, the happenings around the universe. Um, we have no say in that in the grand scheme of things. But if a comet started heading towards the Earth, that's the kind of intelligence that I want forewarning against. You know, mm. um, if there's a means to predict when earthquakes are happening and 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 save hundreds of thousands of lives, um, then that's what I want the intelligence to forewarn me of. Um, I don't want to be having to look over my shoulder against um, people that are in the same boat that I am. Yeah, that well, that yeah. It makes yeah, they... no sense. Mm. No, but then again, mankind throughout history has had no problem kind of creating its own disasters, its own um, issues. Yeah. Despite the horrendousness of several, um, yeah, well, not several. Despite almost unlimited, terrible, horrible things throughout history, we still seem to feel the need to add to it, and it's we can be such ridiculous. conceited people. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. This time will be different. <laughs> mm. And oh no, it wasn't caused by me, so it's not my problem. Um, yeah, yeah. This is the world we live in. This is what's happening right now. We need to be responsible as human beings, as nations, as, as a world, and yeah. take responsibility and take ownership. And you work together in order to overcome these problems that have been created by ourselves and by our predecessors. Yeah. And go past the mistakes of like older older generations. Yeah, which in its, uh, you know what? They're... I'm just, I'm, I'm literally lost for words. It's, it's, it's difficult. I always kind of feel or felt in the past I have strong views on things, but you know what? Just, I honestly don't know. I don't know what to make of this. Like, I feel, I'm hoping that like a call back to honesty would be fantastic but i don't think any any government will take that seriously or no no that's will the thing a, will it? abide it um yeah and the thing the other thing of course is that you're made to feel so insignificant in yourself like as a, as an individual that you kind of step away from wanting to make any change yourself because powerless you're one person in amongst eight billion others so like what difference is the change that i make going to make in the world mm. um and the reality of it is in the grand scheme of things probably not a lot which is why i always try to tell people but knowing is the power knowing is the opportunity that you have and as long as you act on that knowledge when an opportunity presents itself then you've made your impact you've done your bit yeah yeah that's entirely true well i think i'm going to round off there tonight james and listeners uh, thank you once again everybody for um, being here with us and listening to another podcast um, we look forward to joining you again next time uh, but for now, 
take care.